blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercies, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior and happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Well, amen. Uh, welcome to our, I hate to say our, our final night, but it's not our final night. It's just the last night we will do it this week. Um, I wished it could go on. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've learned a lot, you know. From, from my perspective, it's not often that I get to sit back and listen uh, to someone preach. And it's not often that I get to sit back and listen to someone preach who is gifted. And honestly, uh, it's easy to see he has the spirit laid upon him to do what he's doing. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to, uh, in just a minute, I'm going to turn it over to you, Nathan. Uh, I've got a couple of additions to the prayer list. Uh, and an announcement. Uh, the first announcement is uh, there will be no Thursday night Bible study. Um, uh, so this, just don't go tomorrow night. <laughs> if you show up here, you'll be by yourself. Uh, also, um, Kathleen called and add Hazel Vincent to the prayer list. She's a three-year-old little girl, and tomorrow she's having surgery on her ears. And uh, the only reason that I know about this is because my phone rang while I was out mowing the grass, and, and Jr. took the message. So, uh, and then I got a text message verifying everything that I just told you that Jr. had told me. So he did good. Uh, 
And then uh, I also uh, remember I asked you to add Tom Odom family to the uh, to the prayer list. Well. Friday at 11 o'clock at the Vast Park will be a memorial service for Tom Odom. Uh, are there any other additions, praises, or prayer requests? I'd like to add Sharon Stone. She's a lady that I worked with, and she was just diagnosed with shingles. Okay. Any other praises? It's been a great week. Amen. Amen. It was, it's been a wonderful week. Um, Great week. Yep, yep. Uh, you know we're 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 broadcasting it out on Facebook Live and uh, and we do sermon audio and it goes around the world. Uh, Facebook we're seen in in three countries. I think the last time I checked on Facebook, but we're also seen in 22 states. So don't know how many people around the device or whatever. Uh, our sermon audio we're seen in. Uh, in 34 states, but we're seen in 22 countries. So, uh, and I think uh, the one that that struck me the most was Pakistan, and a lot of Eastern European countries, and uh, Malaysia. So, uh, those stand out: um, UK, uh, United Kingdom, uh, Australia, uh, and so we're we're getting into a lot of a lot of those countries. So. Uh, South America, Central America. Uh, you, you, having been on mission trips, uh, you don't know how many people are gathered around the device. Uh, I, we were at one church, and uh, they were gathered. It was probably must have been thirty kids gathered around one iPad, watching a Christian program. Uh, so you just have no idea who's around what and how many people are being touched. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's just, a, it's just every now and then it's just nice to put that out there so we can uh, let you know that, you know, the things that we're doing, uh, we may not see it, but when you get to heaven and the Lord asks you, you know, when you present your stuff there, to, uh, that's going to be part of it. You know, there, I think there was a, a Christian song, you know, that says, uh, you know, because of you. You know, so we don't know how many because of us are going to be there uh, but we're faithful and that's what this has been about being faithful and following and doing the things you can to reach this world for uh, for God any other praises prayer requests that's a praise. amen that is a praise and I'm just blessed to be here with three of my old money <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um, that's, that's, a, that's a ways back you know when when we used to do it, T, we we weren't gray. <laughs> you know, so, but yes, it, it's it's nice. Uh, any other praises and prayer requests? Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming. Well, we you know we've had all summer we've had global warming, and now we're coming to the time where it's global cooling. You know, so. Uh, it, it seems, it's funny, it seems to happen every year about this time. You know, so. Uh, and I'm sure that probably about May of next year, it'll start warming up again. So, you know, just hang in there. Uh, one day, or maybe twice in a day, you'll get the weather you're looking for. Uh, any other praises or prayer requests? All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
open us in prayer. And then I'm going to introduce Nathan, which he doesn't need any introduction, but I'm going to do that anyway. And, uh, and then we'll let uh, Nathan have his way. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And we come before you, Lord, humbled. We come before you hungry. Lord, we're hungry to, to, to learn more and to be fed more of the word that we've been hearing for the last two nights. Lord, we thank you for the gift that you've sent us in Nathan. Lord, we thank you for the message that you've laid upon his heart to deliver to us. Lord, give us the ability to apply that to our lives and walk it out so the world can see what you are and what you do. That's our responsibility to you, Lord, is to be a great inspiration for others. That people see us, they see you. They don't see Jerry. They see Jesus Christ. Lord, we just uh, ask that you clean our lenses so that they can get a, a good, unobscured view of you. Lord, I ask you to be with, uh, with Hazel uh, as she goes through surgery tomorrow. Lord, we ask you to be with her family and the doctors and the medicine so that it would heal her for your glory and no one else's. Lord, we ask you to, uh, to be with the Odom family as, as they grieve and they have a memorial service for their uh, loved one, Tom. And Lord, we just ask you to be with that crowd and that family as they grieve. Uh, we lift up the other ones to you, Lord, that were mentioned. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to give us traveling mercies as we leave next week and, uh, or this Sunday and go to Honduras, that you would keep your hands of protection around us. Lord, open up the doors that you would have us. Give us the ability to boldly say and do the things that you would have us to do to effect change for your world and for your kingdom. Lord, I ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Nathan, of course, needs no introduction. A lot of you already have heard him for two nights. Some of you have known him like I have his whole life. And, uh, and so with that, uh, uh, it's easy to see the gift that God has laid upon this man. Uh, he, he's a gifted orator. And uh, he's, a, he's a country boy, so it's simple where I can understand it. And, and, and I'm of this opinion. If I can understand it, anybody else can. You know, uh, I am not the sharpest knife in the in the drawer, but anyway, with that being said, Brother Nathan, come well. Yes, sir. <laughs> There we go. Y'all ready for round three? Ready for round three. Well, I, as I get started, I am truly, truly grateful uh, to have the opportunity the past few nights to be here with y'all. Uh, there we go. There we go. I, let, me, let me say that one more time. I am truly, truly grateful uh, that y'all have been so warming and welcoming to Dixie and I and some of the other people that I've invited to come along. And I'm just grateful to, to Jerry, to Deep Creek, and I'm, I'm so excited for the last night. And also, I'm excited because I see some young people hanging out with us tonight. So, uh, I welcome y'all guys. And uh, so, I don't mean to embarrass you too bad. So, just know that I've been embarrassed because some of the people in here that know stories from little Nathan, all right? So... But I'm excited. Uh, let me read a Bible verse for us, and then I'm going to open us up in prayer tonight. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. 
Paul's writing here and he says, Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. And this is my prayer for me as I preach to you all tonight. He says, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Church, that is my prayer for myself tonight as I give you all the word that I will preach the gospel faithfully, that I will give it to you, expose it to you, share it with you, proclaim it to you tonight. And that is my prayer that I will stand behind the cross faithfully to share God's word with you. So let's go to God in prayer and then we will dive into scripture together tonight. So let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you for your love, God. I'm so grateful for this church just opening their doors to Dixie and I for the past few nights. But tonight, God, I pray for the last night that I'm here in their pulpit that I will stand behind the cross and preach Jesus Christ faithfully because just like Jerry prayed, it is not about me, but it's, the one, it's about the one who saved me, that changed me, that gave me a new life. So God, help me to feed the Word to the people, to your people. Help me to give them the living water that we are craving, that we need day in and day out. So God, help me just to be a vessel for your Word tonight. In your Son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, where have we been the past few nights, church? The book of Mark. Alright, so let's flip back to the book of Mark, and we're going to be in chapter 2 tonight. And would it, chapter 2, verse 1, that's where we're going to be at. And once you find it, what do you do for me? There you go, there we go, there we go. Cell phones and Bibles, there we go. So Mark chapter 2, verse 1. How many points am I going to have? Five. Five, there we go. we got some people that have been paying attention. I'm excited. So, we got five points that we're going to walk through tonight. So Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And that's where we're going to be at tonight, church. And I hear some pages, so I'm just going, oh, that's a rapper. There we go. So I was, I was waiting, all right? You know, I'm, so Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says, A few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that He had come home. Talking about homecoming. So many, so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And He preached the Word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "Son, your sins are forgiven." Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in His Spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts and He said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the, to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. 
And he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of, of them all. This amazed, y'all see that word right there? This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Church, this is where we're going to be at for the next little bit, is this passage right here. Some of y'all, if y'all grown up in church like me, you might know this passage. It might be pretty familiar. But what I like to try to do in my life is kind of dig in, get to the nitty gritty, let me get on some meat kind of substance. Let me not just read through it, but let's dive in it. And so that's what I'm going to try to do for us tonight, is to realize that this passage, there's some depth to it. So let me, let me begin with point number one. It's point number one, if you're a note taker, it says, Jesus began to what? What did He begin to do when He came into the house? Starts with a P. He began, to, he began to preach. All right, so Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 that we covered. He was proclaiming. The next passage He was teaching. That was verse 14. That was verse 20. Guess what? In verse 39 in Mark chapter 1, before this passage, Jesus is preaching. So He is preaching. He is teaching. He is proclaiming. He is proclaiming, He's teaching, He's preaching. His goal, His identity, who He is, that He has to share with this world that is full of sinners about the good news. So church right here, I want us to first get from the get-go of this passage in Mark chapter 2, understand that Jesus as the Son of God who took on flesh, His goal, His mission is to proclaim, to teach, or to preach to people that desperately need to hear the Gospel. So, let me use an analogy real quick of a guy in the Old Testament. Raise your hand if you ever heard of a guy named Jonah. Anybody ever? Okay. Alright, so most of us have heard of Jonah. Does anybody know that what Jonah was supposed to do at the very beginning? What was he called to do? Does anybody know? He was commissioned. He was told by God to go to Nineveh. Why was he called? He was told to go to Nineveh to preach against their wickedness. They were living in a lifestyle that God did not approve of, that He did not like. It came up to Him. Well, guess what Jonah did? Instead of saying, Jesus, or God, I'm listening to you. I will obey you even though I don't like the Ninevites. The people in Nineveh, they hated the Hebrews and the Hebrews hated them. They did not get along at all. So let me put it in perspective for you real quick. It's like if God speaks to you and says, hey, I want you to get on an airplane right now. Not to go to Honduras, but uh, across the sea, Atlantic Ocean. And there's a country that Jerry kind of mentioned just a moment ago called Pakistan, Afghanistan. And there's a group of people called the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS. And these are people that are living in terrorism, that are persecuting and doing some horrific stuff. But guess what? Hey, I need you to get on that plane to go tell them about me, to about God. So I want you to put it, I want you to see it in the perspective of Jonah. He was called and told by God to go to people as if God was telling us to go over there. Why? Because God told him so, because they needed to change and repent of their ways. So the reason I use Jonah tonight, church, is because Jonah did not listen to God. He was not in obedience with God. He did not embrace the preaching of God and say, hey, I will follow you, God. I will listen. I will surrender. Let me go tell these people about who you are. I use him as an example because Jesus is unlike Jonah. 
He said, hey, I'm willing to do the will of the Father. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to proclaim. I'm willing to preach. I'm willing to teach. If I can get in the synagogue, if I can get in the house, if there's anybody that's willing to listen, guess what? I'm going to share the good news to tell them about the Old Testament and how it is pointing all to a coming Messiah. And guess what? He is right here before y'all. Church, this is the identity. This is who Jesus is. This is who our Savior is. He is one that says, hey, I'm about telling the world about me. He is there to preach. He is there to teach. He is there to proclaim. So this is the application point because I always want to give you a nugget or something to chew on to take away. So let me ask you this. Who is it that you need to be preaching, teaching, proclaiming to? That's been an ongoing series for this week is that I want y'all to have the same desire as Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, to say, hey, I do, I do, I do as a Christian need to be sharing my faith with people that desperately need to hear it. Because Jesus took the time to do it. He took the time to get around people. He took time in a crowded house to share His Word. So what about us, church? Are we ones that use our mouth, use our tongue to share His Word? When was the last time, again, y'all heard this the past few nights, when was the last time you shared Jesus just like He did? When was the last time you told someone? I see some young people don't want to pick on y'all, but guys, y'all, let me just use y'all for an example. Some of y'all older ones might need to realize this. Are y'all in school? Y'all graduated? Still in school? Can I tell you that these guys have the biggest mission field probably out of any of us in this room tonight? That when they get in a classroom, I'm assuming y'all go to Pinecrest, y'all look high school age. Uh, uh, where, you, where do you go to school then? Uh, West Middle. Okay, middle school. So if you, if you get in a middle school area or a middle school class, I would assume 20 to 30 students per class. And there's four or five classes. And the reason I bring this up, guys is that y'all have the biggest mission field than the majority of us ever see in a given week. And what I'm trying to say is that when you are surrounded by 20 to 30 students and you have a chance to proclaim, to preach, or teach, or share the name of Christ, take that opportunity. Take that opportunity, guys, because when you get later on in life to my age and some of these other guys that are a tad bit older than me, a little more gray hair than me, you might not have as big as a mission field than you do right now. So don't waste it. If you got a chance to share the name of Christ, do it at all cost. And I would say this, adults, pray for this younger generation knowing that they have a mission field at hand to be sharing the name of Christ in. They need prayer, they need loving, they need discipleship because they are surrounded by people who desperately need to hear the gospel too. And they have a huge mission field. And when I was a youth pastor, I told the teenagers that I was uh, over, I said, I want you all to see yourselves as missionaries. Because you were surrounded from, by people from all different backgrounds of life. And you all have a chance, probably the, bigger than anybody right now, to share your faith. Be excited. Be excited. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Batteries die. It's 
Uh-oh. I'm going to move around a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> so that's, that's one of the things I want to challenge y'all tonight is to realize that we have to take an opportunity to share the name of Christ in all that we do. Point number, point number two for us, church. And again, I'm glad some young people are here, but I'm glad there are other people as well. Because Jesus... He's in the midst of preaching, right? Y'all see that? He's in the midst of preaching. And then we see a group of guys bringing their buddy before them. Y'all see that? It says they made it. Uh, this is verse 4. It says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus after digging through it, lower the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. And the reason I really want to emphasize this to the young people, but all ages, is because this right here drives drives a pretty big emphasis in my heart. And what I'm trying to say is point number two is that we need good friends in our life. That's point number two for us. Church, these guys, hear me tonight, these guys had every desire to get their friend, their friend that is laid up on a mat. We don't, Scripture doesn't say how long he was paralyzed, how long, it might have been his whole life, it might have, he might have got hurt, whatever the case, but... One way or another, he was laid up on a mat, paralyzed, could not move. And I say we need friends like this because these guys, instead of seeing the crowd and saying, hey, we'll just come back, we'll just come back later in the evening when Jesus isn't as busy. Hey, don't you see the crowd? Ah, I just don't know if we can get to Jesus. And they could have looked at their buddy and just said, hey, uh, Maybe we'll just stand out here for just a moment and see if the crowd dies down and we'll just wait. And that's what the friends could do. They could have said after excuse after excuse of just waiting, hey, we've carried you across town. Maybe let's, let's go somewhere else, wait it out. But instead, no church. And this is where we need friends like this. They picked up their friend, realized they couldn't get in the house. And what did they do? They looked at the roof and said, hey, if anything, we'll dig through the roof to get to Jesus. No matter what, we are getting you our friend to Christ. Because guess what? He is the great healer. He is the great physician. He will change. He can do miracle works. And they did what it took to get their friend to Jesus. Again, young people, I want to challenge you. And I want to challenge y'all adults as well. Because when I was in high school, when I was in college, and even as a young adult, there was people around me that didn't do the best of stuff. And I just want to be honest with y'all. I mean, some of these people are locked up in prison. They've been in and out of rehab. Uh, there was a guy, no joke, I'm not going to name drop because we're alive, but I saw today that a guy that we graduated was arrested for, because he was passed out on heroin at 29 years old. A guy that we went to Dixie and I went to school with. When you are around people that create that kind of environment for you, instead of picking you up when you feel paralyzed, when you feel depressed, when you are struggling and battling in life, instead of picking, having friends picking you up and getting you to Jesus, we could surround ourselves with people that will take us the opposite way down the path of destruction, darkness, evil, sin. And y'all can probably know from maybe kids, maybe even you yourself have been down a road that have surrounded yourself with friends that had that kind of impact. And you know where that took you. 
You know the battles in life where that took you. The, the, the family and the destruction that brought because you were hanging out with the wrong crowd. Again, young people, I don't mean to harp on you, but I've been there and I've seen people that surrounded themselves with people that shouldn't have. And because of that, they are now paying the price. And it was at a high school, young adult age that I was very grateful that I surrounded myself with godly men and, men and godly people that had a, a better influence on my life. That when I do, and I'm glad Johnny's here, but his son, Heath, is one of my best friends back in Rockingham. And Heath can be a guy that I call up today and say, Heath, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? And just like that, Heath in no time would pray for me. He could send me a Bible verse. He can, I mean, and that's the kind of friend that he is. On this point right here, when you are feeling like you, you're about to give up on life because you're laid up on a mat from depression, from the struggles of family issues, from work issues, whatever it may be, when you feel like you're laid up on a mat and cannot move, I want to pray for you tonight that you will find yourself around godly people who can pick you up and at whatever cost get you to Jesus. Church, that is why a lot of reasons why the world is the way it is is because people are not surrounding themselves around godly people. And that's why our young people, I mean, September is Suicide Awareness Month, and all you got to do is look at the statistics of teenage suicide rates and stuff. So I'm just saying, surround yourself, Deep Creek, and other church, other people. Surround yourself, but surround yourself with people who love Jesus, that have your back, that will pray for you, that will pick you up, and will be there to walk with you through life. And so on that question, I want to ask you a question on this point right here, church. What kind of friends do you have in life right now? Just a simple question. Based on this right here, what kind of friends do you have in life? And a follow-up question on that. What kind of friend are you? Are you a friend that someone else can call right now and say, hey, so-and-so, I need, I need some prayer. Can you come over by the house can you come talk to me? I'm struggling right now. Are you a kind of friend that are, that's willing to pick up that phone and love on people? Just like these guys did with their friend. Again, this is, this is a point that hits home with me. And I told you all the past few nights, as I preach this to y'all, I preach it to myself. Because these are things that we as Christians have to apply and live it out. So have, you, have yourself good friends. That was point number two. Point number three. We see this in, point, in verse five. It says, When Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So let me just uh, throw this context. Think about this with me. Jesus is a crowded place, a crowded house. He's in the midst of preaching. And next thing you know, you just imagine being one of the people in there and you see some dirt coming through the roof, right? You hear, start hearing noise going up there, but then you're trying to focus on Jesus. 
About like my mom walking in the other night, you know. So, and, and as I'm reading scripture and she trips, she's not here tonight. So I apologize if she's watching, you know. But it's like you're preaching. Jesus is preaching, and the people are there. And next thing you know, they look and they see this man coming through the roof in the midst, in the middle of Jesus preaching, and they see him lowered. And in the middle of the sermon or the, the message and preaching the word, Jesus stops. And I love this because it kind of reminds me of the Good Samaritan passage of how two guys just pass by, but the, the priest and the Levite, but then the Good Samaritan takes, takes the time to love on the person. And that's what Jesus does right here in the middle of this. He doesn't, he doesn't just kind of sideswipe that. We don't see that. But no, in the middle of this passage, in the middle of this Scripture, He says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. If I was this man that was paralyzed and I just had a whole group of my buddies bring me across town, lower me through a roof, and the words that I hear is, Son, your sins are forgiven... I would look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to I stand up. I want to use my legs. I want to dance. I want to run. I want to walk. I might, Jesus, I might even want to go swimming. Please do you not see I am on a mat for a reason. Please help me out. This is the selfish Nathan Black when I look at this passage. That life is all about me. But again, I want you all to understand, church, that the identity and who Jesus is as the Son of God. Because what does He say? Son... Your sins are forgiven. The point, the reason why this is point number three for us is because I want us to understand why Jesus is so... that He takes the time to look at the heart condition of man. Hear me, church. He sees the heart condition that there is a sinful man laid up on a mat that instead of looking at the physical issue, He looks at the heart issue. That He sees where this man is heading if he dies. He's heading towards hell. That He looks there and sees the man and says, hey, I see what's going on in the inside. Let me heal that first and then deal with your other stuff later. Church, tonight, I want us to understand that this, these are the words that we might need to hear tonight because we got some conditional heart issues going on. That we got some battles, we got some darkness, and that being, and this is the selfish Nathan as I pray, hey Jesus, I got tummy issues, I got nose issues. As the weather changes, I'm gonna be runny nose and sinus issues. I got, Jesus, can you help me out with this? My knee's hurting today, Jesus, can you help me with this? In the church, the reason I bring that up is our prayer life is Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need your grace. Jesus, today, please help me to worship You because You died for me. You gave Your life for me. Jesus, help me to praise Your name today because I got lung air in my lungs. Help me to praise You. Jesus, You gave me a tongue and a mouth. Let me tell people about who You are. Many of us, church, and I'm guilty of it, that my prayer life is that, hey, Jesus, help me with this, this, and this. When in reality, we need to hear, son, your sins, daughter, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, allow me to experience your forgiveness today because I'm sorry for what I've done to you. Many of us are so focused on ourselves when in reality, these are the very words that we need to hear ourselves. Son, daughter, your sins are forgiven.
Come and take fellowship. Come and follow me. And I don't know if there's anybody in this room tonight, and I hope so, but maybe someone in this room tonight needs to hear this message to share with someone else. Maybe you have someone in your life that is battling, struggling, laid up on that mat, and they need to hear these words, just come to Christ and be forgiven. Know my Savior, and He can wipe your slate clean. Son, your sins are forgiven. That is who Jesus is. That is His purpose. That is His ministry. is to look at the heart of man and see that since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve fell short, and that mankind over and over again tried to fix it. The law tried to fix it. The Israelites tried to live up to that level and never could obtain it. But Jesus is here, was here in this time, and he here, He's here today to tell you, you want to know how to deal with your sin, with your condition? Let me just speak these words into your life. You're forgiven. Whatever you've done, past, present, future, no matter how big the sin you've committed, there is one who overcame it all. And His name is Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Church, as we walk on through this passage in verse 6, let me reread this for us to remind us. In verse 6, if you still got your Bibles open, it says, Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming who can forgive sins but God alone. If you're a note taker, point number four for us is that there are naysayers. And this is point number four, naysayers. When God moves, when God starts working, when He starts doing incredible stuff, changing lives, and and people start being excited about Jesus, guess what? There are going to be people sitting back with their arms crossed thinking that they know the best way. These guys, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, these scribes, these people thought they knew God the best. They had Scripture memorized. But yet, they were the very ones that thought that Jesus was getting it wrong. As you look through Scripture, as you dive in, guess what, church? That throughout Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the the scribes, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. These were the guys, the people, who hindered Jesus a lot. And they stood in the way of His ministry many a times. If Deep Creek Baptist Church gets on fire for Christ and people start getting saved, I just want to tell you, there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be opposition. Satan's not going to like it. And guess what? He probably will send people up in this church to cause havoc. And I'm here today that if you were one of these people, please, please, I beg you, if you're a person that is standing in the way of the ministry of the church for Christ, please repent and humble yourself before the name of Christ. Because I want to share a set of verses, just a verse for you real quick, and found in Matthew chapter 23. Some of the latter verses in the book of Matthew. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. 
Matthew 23, 27. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you two-faced people who play church, live like church, but yet are full of deadness inside. What does He say? He says, You look like a whitewashed tomb which looks beautiful on the outside. But guess what? On the inside, you're full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. I mean, these are pretty powerful words coming from the Son of God as He looks at these men. And He calls them, He says, Woe! Woe to you, you hypocrites! You look like a beautiful tomb. You're nice and fancy. Got the nice vest on, the jacket on. You look good. You play church. You got some verses memorized from when you were five years old at BBS. You got all this. You've been to church. You've been a deacon. You got it. You're a Sunday school teacher. You got some stuff. But yet, Jesus, this is the crazy thing, church, that I have to realize. And y'all, Jesus knows our hearts. He sees whether or not we are genuine or fake. A piece of gold that is genuine, that has weight, or you're a fool's gold. That might look good on the the outside, but on the inside, you're not the real thing. And that's what He says to these guys. You're a nice, beautiful tomb, but guess what? You're full of dead bones. Dead inside. And these naysayers... They're standing there calling Jesus someone who's blaspheming. Hey, only God can forgive sins. And what they miss out on, church, is that they are speaking to God in the flesh. Right there before them. They thought they knew God. They had it all together. They could quote the Scripture better than anybody. As if they have a master's or a doctor degree in Scripture. They had all the head knowledge. Let me tell you, church, many people are going to miss heaven by 18 inches. I don't know if y'all have heard this. 18 inches. And what I mean by that is they know Jesus up here. By 18 inches, they don't know Him here. They, got a full, they can quote some Scripture and know them up here, but their heart condition, Jesus sees. And I don't know what your condition's like. And that's why you and me have to evaluate day in and day out, where is our walk with Christ going? Are we walking in His will behind the church saying, hey, I want to save, I want people to know Christ, I want to tell people about Christ, or am I living in opposition to the ministry of Him and His church? So I want church, I just want y'all to do some evaluating. You and me. It's not just a you thing. This is a pastor thing. This is a deacon, a Sunday school. This is a us thing that we all have to do some evaluating and realize whose team are we really on. So let's humble ourselves before Christ. Because I'd rather not hear the words, you hypocrite, leave me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. I don't want me and I don't want y'all to hear these words. So I'm here to preach to y'all, to tell you the gospel that Jesus Christ says, come, follow me. If you want to be saved, follow Jesus. Give your life to Him. Confess Him as your Lord and Savior. And seek Him out. Pursue Him in all that you do. That was point number four for us, church. As we wind down in the past few nights, 
Verse 8, it says, Immediately Jesus knew in His Spirit what they were thinking in their hearts. And He said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Again, remembering that Jesus sees our heart issue going on. And then He says to them, Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or get up? Get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that you're the Son of Man who has authority on, on earth to forgive sins, He said to the paralytic. He looked at this man spoke to this man. Do you hear me? Church, the past two nights we talked about the power of Christ speaking. Come, follow me. The disciples dropped their nets, left everything, followed Christ. Last night we covered that, right? Be quiet. Come out of Him. Talking to a demon that was possessing a man. Jesus speaks these words to this man. The demon comes out. Jesus speaks. It happens. Guess what? He speaks to this paralyzed man. And guess what He does? He doesn't stay on that floor. He doesn't stay on that mat. He gets up off that mat in front of these men who were calling out Jesus, hindering Jesus. He calls. Jesus says, let me show you who has authority on earth. And He speaks to this man and tells him to get up. This is verse 11. Get up, take your mat, and go home. And this is what I love in verse 12. He got up, took his mat, walked out in the full view of them all. And guess what? These people got their praise on. They got their praise on. They were amazed at this and everyone, and they praised God. Point number five, if you're note-taking, is Jesus will show His authority. He will show you. He will show me. He will show the naysayers who genuinely has the authority as their sovereign Christ, the Messiah, that has, true, that has the true power over all. He will show us His authority. And all He has to do is speak it into existence and it will happen. But church, let me show you. This is... This is something I want us to be reminded of. Matthew 28, some of the final words of Christ, He says, all power, all authority is given to who? Jesus Christ on heaven and earth. All authority. Which means that when Jesus speaks, He, he does it. And when He speaks into your life, things start taking place. I want, I want to just... Look at this with me real quick. Well, let me, let me share some stories with you and I'll get into this. There's two guys I want to share with you all tonight. One of them, his name's Braxton. He's a buddy of mine that at the beginning of the year, I started praying for, or actually I just started praying, God, send me someone that I can disciple. I, I, God, uh, I know in your word you want me to disciple people. I have a passion for it, but we are all called to go and make disciples. I started praying this and no joke, I got a Facebook message from this guy, Braxton, on Facebook Messenger. And he said, hey, Nathan, uh, I know you're a pastor, you're in the ministry, and, and uh, I don't know if you do a Bible study, uh, but I would like to join or something. I kind of responded back, Braxton, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. You're a little older than youth, you know, but I will meet with you one-on-one -on -one and we'll dive into Scripture together. So I started meeting with this young man that's a few years younger than me, and we started diving into Scripture at Bojangles. Once a week, we started getting in the Word. The Holy Spirit started moving, church. It started working on that heart condition. He had just become a father, 
And one of the reasons why he asked me is saying, hey, I'm, about to, I'm hoping to get married. I'm a dad. And I know that something needs to change in my life. Can you help me out? So I started meeting with this young guy. And we started meeting over a period of time. And this is how God works, church. I got a video as I was about to go to bed one night of this young man uh, in his mid-twenties sending me a video on Snapchat of him pouring out all his alcohol that's in his house. And he said, Nathan, if I genuinely want to be a godly dad to my newborn son, I can't have this in my life. I know where this alcohol takes me and I don't want to go back there. And he sent me this video of him taking all his alcohol in his house. I'm talking about some serious money that's in this alcohol. I mean, it wasn't just a beer or two. This, is, this was some money. And he pours it all out. And he says, i got to change. This is a young man, this is a guy that I've only know, got to talk to a handful of times in the gym. I'd go in to exercise, lift weights, and this guy would be in there, and I knew he liked hunting, and so we connected, but that was it until he reached out to me. Until I started teaching, until I started proclaiming, until I started preaching to him and getting into in his life, he started feeling the Holy Spirit as I shared Jesus, as I opened the Word with him. God started working in him. Another teenager that came in the youth group, his name's Jacob. This was a young man. Mom and dad divorced. Mom lived in Texas. And he was pretty much told by the court system, you either, uh, you either stay here with mom and go to juvie because of the alcohol and drugs at age of 14, or you go live with your grandparents in Rockingham. So he moved across the country, came live with his grandparents. He got saved at another church in Lomberg, but started coming to youth group and God started working on him. It was amazing. I started discipling him. Another family took him under the wing. God was doing amazing things until his senior year in high school and, and he invited some wrong people into his life. And he started going down that same path that he did in Texas. Well, next thing you know, he had a choice to make. That if he kept living like this, he was soon going to be behind bars. Or he's going to live with his dad in California. Well, he moved from North Carolina, Rockingham, all the way to California. And he started getting plugged in a church his dad was at. He became the janitor at that church after, after he graduated. Next thing you know, he found himself teaching the middle school boys at this church, getting involved with Bible study. I just went to his wedding the earlier part of this year. Him and his wife are serving as missionaries on the West Coast. Serving as missionaries, training people to be evangelists, to go out and share the good news with people. The reason I share these two young men's story is that Jesus takes up this, tells this guy to take up a mat. For me, this mat represents my old life. You're paralyzed, you're laid up in sin, you're living on the ground, you cannot move, you're dead, you are nothing until God, the, the power of God, speaks into your life. When the power of God speaks in your life, when He changes your life, guess what? You are now a new creation standing up in the power of Christ saying, guess what? This is my old life laid up. Now I'm a new person rising up. Now it's my job to walk out in front of everybody so that they can praise God Himself. Church, 
You want to know how a revival starts happening in the lives of people, in the lives of Christians? You start telling people about the grace that took place between the old life and the new life. They say, hey, let me tell you where I once was but how God worked in me. If He can work in me, He can work in you. If He can save a sinner like me, He can save someone like you. This man walks up, gets up, and because of the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness that we just talked about, son, your sins are forgiven, rise up, and let's show these naysayers who has the true authority and the power. They don't, but the Son of Man does. Church, this is my final, my final as we come to a close tonight. Be someone who takes up your mat and remind people, this is where I once was. I'm done with the alcohol, the pills, the addiction, whatever it may be, the lust. I'm done with that. But this is my new life. I'm a new creation walking around so that people, that God can get the glory how He changed a sinner like me. This is my final challenge as we come to a close tonight, church. Be someone who brags about the grace of God that is prideful and boastful about the things that Christ has done in your life, realizing it is not about you, but the one who got on that cross. The final thing I want to share for us in a moment after this, if you wouldn't mind coming up, if you want to, you can come. The final thing I want us to remind of is that this man was laid up on a mat. Jesus changes his life. He takes a paralyzed man, gets him up, walks, walks him out. People are praising his Jesus, praising God. But church, the final thing I want to say for us as we come into the time of invitation is that there was one other, one other person I could think of that they thought that was paralyzed when they looked upon him on a cross. When they saw the nails in his hands, the, ne- the thorns around his head, the nail in his feet, they thought they had him paralyzed as well. But I'm so grateful today that my Savior, Jesus Christ, didn't stay paralyzed on that cross. He didn't stay paralyzed in that tomb, but three days later, He got up out of that tomb and He showed the world who truly had authority. Who had authority, who had power. And because He came out of that tomb and He did not stay paralyzed, it should cause us as Christians to praise His name and worship. Church, is that going to be you tonight? Someone who is praising a Savior who didn't stay paralyzed on that cross, but as the Son of God showed the world He had the power to come out of that tomb. I'm going to pray for us tonight as she plays. As she plays tonight, I want to just challenge us. Who is it that you need to preach to, teach to, proclaim to? As we talked about the past few nights. I want you all to pray for the people that genuinely need to hear the Gospel from you yourself. And I don't want to miss this opportunity that if there's anybody in this room tonight 
as we pray and all the heads are bowed and eyes closed, if there's anybody in this room tonight that needs to hear these words, son, your daughter, your sins are forgiven and you desire a relationship with Christ and want to be saved, please raise up your hand. I don't want to embarrass you or anything like that. I just want to pray for you. If there's anybody in the room that needs to accept Christ, Just slip up your hand. If there's anybody in this room that would just slip up their hand and say, Nathan, can you pray for me? Because I'm struggling and battling with stuff. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to take time to pray for you. If there's anybody in the room that wants to, to raise their hand and say, Nathan, I, I'm, I'm battling. Please pray for me. Just slip up your hand. I see. I see some hands. Dear God, I pray tonight for the people that raised their hand about the battles and the struggles and the sin they're dealing with. God, I know we are all sinners. God, and I'm asking You to send Your Spirit to help them, to guide them, to comfort them, to direct them in their life, that they will see and experience the power of Christ in them, that they will know that they that they are forgiven and set free. God, that they will pursue the holiness that You've called them to. God, I pray that this takes place. God, I pray for Deep Creek Baptist Church. I pray for the people. God, I pray for Jerry that he will have a fervor, a zeal, a passion to preach faithfully Your Word, to minister to the people here in this community. God, I pray for this pastor. God, that is that the battles of life, the struggle of being a pastor, God, I pray that You will just wrap him up in Your love so that he will have a love for You and Your people. God, I pray for Cherry. I pray for Deep Creek. God, I pray for the hearts of these people and the people coming from other churches. God, I pray that You will revive us, wake us up, get us excited about the proclamation of the good news of Christ. God, help us to see that You've gotten us up off that mat. And that You spoke Your grace into, your, into our lives. Help us to be a people who show this world what grace truly can do. God, we love You. I love You. We praise You. God, help us throughout this week to have a heart of worship. God, I pray for this group of people who are going to Honduras. God, I pray for souls to be changed. I pray for this group that You're already working on them, God, and that they can do miracles because You are with them. God, I pray for us. I pray for this world and that sinners can be saved. In Your Son's name I pray. Amen.
difficult to do. We're going to proclaim Christ. You know, all you'll hear is about if you turn the TV on or whatever you're going to hear that all roads lead to God. That's not necessarily true. In fact, that is not true at all. The Creator of the universe put on flesh and came to earth. And while He was on this earth, God in the flesh said that if you want to come to my Father, you have to come through me. And so, in essence, so a country boy can understand, the only way to God is through God. All roads open. And that's the good news. The good news is that none of us have to go to hell. It was not created for human beings. It was created for angels that messed up. But I can assure you, because we serve a righteous God, that if you reject Him, you will spend eternity in hell with the demons and the angels, separated from God with all of your faculties, so that for eternity you will know the mistake you made by not accepting the offer that Christ gave you. And that's as simple as I can. Don't walk out of here tonight without being sure of where you're going to spend your eternity. Period. You've heard it. If it happens tonight and you have not accepted Him, your eternity is set. And there's no do-overs. It's not too late. Like Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is near and one day He's going to shut that book. Go pray, and as you go out this week, remember there are people out there who need a hug. I get those five senses for them for a reason to use them so that we can touch other people that's made it here. No human being is worthy. Let's pray. Father God, I love you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the word we heard last three months. Lord, I thank you that I was able to be poured into so that I could pour out. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you called us here for this purpose to advance your kingdom here and for me. For we love you. Protect them as they go on. People say, in the morning, give them a desire to run their mouth about you until people get tired of hearing. Like when we first came to you, we were so excited we couldn't keep our mouth shut. Jesus would tell people, don't tell anybody, and they couldn't. That's the way we should be today. All these years later, when's the last time you couldn't shut up about your Lord and Savior? That's my prayer, brother. That we will never be quiet about Jesus. I love you.